This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Big Interview Q&A show. I'm Martin Gregg and with me today are Graeme Hunter, host of the Big Interview and our guest for these shows, La Liga TV's Pete Jensen. We have questions, as always, from our socios who support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Graeme Hunter and from our wonderful sponsors at Bet365. So, lads, we're going to start with a couple of questions on Barca. First up is from our sponsors at Bet365 who ask... With Juan Laporta returning as president, what does this mean for Barcelona's and Lionel Messi's future? And the second one is related to that from Socio Jake Garlic, who says, A few months ago, it looked like there was no way Koeman would be Barcelona coach next season. Now it looks almost certain he will be staying. Is he their man for the foreseeable future? Or are they looking to replace him as soon as there is a slight downturn? So that's kind of two related questions. Return of Laporta and the future of Messi and Koeman. Graham, I, I don't know if you want to maybe pick this one up because you were quite close to the Laporta story. First time around, if I recall rightly, 2003 was probably not long after you moved to Spain and then um, enter Laporta and it all got a bit interesting after that. I'll, I'll take a small bite out of the apple here and then pass to Pete because... He's, he's spoken directly to Joanne Laporta more recently than me, but you are right that before we get to about 365 or Jake's questions, we are talking about a, a really mercurial, uh, fascinating figure who's given all of us, both the listeners to this, uh, you, um, given that you published uh, the, the first book that I wrote, and Pete, given that for all of us, life here in Spain has has gifted us football, I think in most cases, we couldn't really have imagined in terms of the quality. Or in the first time around, we'll see what this brings, the, the access. Um, one of the things that I really like that nobody ever talks about from Joanna Porter's first reign was that an edict was passed down that players had to speak more regularly. There were more press conferences, there were more mixed zones. 
obviously the players then had to embrace the idea themselves. But way back then in 2003, the idea was that as part of the refresh button that Laporta was pressing, football, finance, profile, competitive teeth, um, there was a there was a general idea that there should be more press conferences. And at that stage, there was, if not daily, it was very close to daily players sitting down and, and talking in the press conference room. It was easier to get to the players. And there was a mix on introduced. And that helped cover that era um, with, with more... Well, you, you painted with more uh, colours in your palette. And, and people tell you too that you, you got to know the main protagonists much, much more, whether it was Ingla and Ferran Soriano or... The kind of time was a little bit more tricksy to get close to. But the, the players too, you, you simply were given more uh, tools to, to do your descriptive job. And, and I think that was a great privilege because clearly you'd have been writing the same thing about the football anyway. But you obviously do it with much more educated views if you get in and around them. And I'm right to say, Pete, that relatively recently, before he retook the presidency, you had a little bit of access to Laporta, which I think brings halls the whole thing up to date in terms of answering that. I mean, I'll come, I've got opinions on Jake's question, 365, I'll come back in bits and pieces of those, but, but you've got a much more educated view on, on the newer version of John Laporta. Yeah, I think the new version is pretty much the same as the old version. Um, just a few more grey hairs. I mean, as you say, he likes to be close to people, whether that's because he wants to give them a hug or put them in a headlock if he's not happy with them. Um, but he, he does like that that closeness. And as you say, that then transfers in terms of closeness between the, the media and the fans and the players, uh, which obviously we, we, we welcome. Um, I felt a bit sorry for Victor Font. I thought in, in order to win, he needed things to go worse than they than they were going he needed Koeman to be a bit of a disaster and everyone to be thinking you know we really do need to get Xavi on board now he needed Messi to to keep uh, the kind of staring at the ground and not be happy and not really want to be playing at Barcelona for people to think well it doesn't matter if he stays best if he goes and obviously those two things didn't happen everyone wants Messi to stay and everyone seems pretty convinced by Koeman and, and I think that's why Laporta won with with the landslide that he did and, and Xavi's time will come and that might mean Victor Font's time comes as well um, but um, uh, he's got that, that natural ability to lead Laporta he's got that aura he's got that charisma the inauguration ceremony I'm not, I'm not sure that's the correct word for it but it certainly seemed like an inauguration ceremony you know he spoke for about half an hour without any notes um, winked to Messi and who was watching from the stands and people seem to think that's significant the fact that Messi turned up for, for this um, the players are happy when there's someone in charge. The players are happy when, you know, if the club's falling apart, the questions about the club falling apart are not put to them. They're put to they're put to the man at the top, and Laporta will stick his chest out and, and lift his chin up, and and he'll and he'll take he'll take um, the compliments. He'll take the brickbats as well if things start not to go so well. Um, and in terms of Koeman, is he the right man to take the club forward? I think he's done incredibly this season. I really do. Um, I think he's come up with a system that um, has brought the best out of seven or eight of the players. Suddenly, Dembele looks like a looks like a centre forward, stretching teams and making space for Messi and Griezmann behind him. That's that's bringing the best out of those two. Um, Mingesa is is an incredible uh, 
Discovery, um, Destin Alba, love playing as, as wing-backs. Um, Pedri's a gift. I mean, Pedri, Kuman doesn't take credit for Pedri. Pedri's, you know, just falling out of the sky, manna from heaven. Um, he's got he's got um, De Jong playing well. He's even got De Jong now operating as a as a kind of uh, as a sweeper at the back in that in that back three. So the team are playing really well. I, I, I did the game at the weekend against Real Sociedad, and it was like watching Guardi- what, what, like watching Guardiola's Barca. I mean, the last goal there, they pretty much got nine players in the box, and you're just wondering which one of them is going to eventually put it in the back of the net. So everything is 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 hunky dory, and um, you know um, it's it's luck in a way, isn't it? Laporta comes in just at this moment, but. You know, you're lucky so many times that in the end you have to draw the conclusion that it's it's about more than that. And I do think he has had an effect on the, the morale of the whole club. Just to, just tell people what I think is true. It's often authors often talk about he shared a twinkle in the eye, and and Laporta without any pejorative meaning to this because uh, that's a separate conversation. He's a, he is a lovable rogue. He, he, there is an element of the rogue about him. And I and I don't mean that I don't mean that in a crooked way, but he, he is a, he's an out. I mean, but again, you could use the word rascal. And when you're around him, he'll draw you in. I think there's definitely that wee twinkle in his eye. He knows that you both know you're playing a wee game if you're interviewing him. But there's there's definitely when his face lights up in that a little roguish smile. I think a lot of people will forgive him a lot of things. I think that's one of the ways in which he's risen in life. And wasn't it wasn't it striking the degree to which any player who'd either worked for him before, or in Alba's case who hadn't but had heard all the tales, the 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 push from inside the squad was like yeah Laporta. They they kind of went Laporta and everything will be fine, which is which is not true because there's a one point one billion debts there are still things to correct in terms of mm-hmm. buying and selling all around him it's a new board but there was that feeling of hand it to Juan and it'll be fine right yeah I mean he's you you, you sit down with him for five minutes and you, and you think oh, I like this guy I really like this guy um, right from the moment that he told us to whip our masks off, you know, in the middle of the pandemic because everyone was you know we should we, 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 we were we were we were social we were safely distanced but um but I think behind that glint in the eye and behind that smile, there's someone who gets things done. Um, um, and another reason why I think this is a good moment for him to come back is what he was very good at in his first time in charge was not just bringing in the right people, and obviously that was down to Chicky Bigodestein, um, but also getting rid of people that didn't, that shouldn't be at the club. Um, because no matter how good the sporting director is, and, and, and Chicky did, did a great job, Mistakes are still made, um, and and as it turned out, Chigrinsky was a mistake, and Zlatan was a mistake. They were gone after one season, and that capacity, that ability to get rid of players that have that have that have been errors in the transfer market, not because they're not good players, but just because they're the wrong players at the wrong time. Uh, the ability to get rid of them, they need that now. You know, they need someone to shift out uh, Philip Coutinho, for example, um, and probably Pjanic as well, just to name two. Um, he's well connected. There's no one he doesn't know in football, um, yeah. and he's a football man, you know. And, and you know, the first requisite for a for a president, I think, is that he understands the game. 
um, and Laporta understands the game. Um, and, you know, you can, you can imagine him um, in the six sides, you know, playing at the top and knocking centre backs off their off their feet and and holding the ball up for other players. Um, he's a football man, and what is he? Fifty seven, fifty eight. So it's not that he's. You know, it's not that he, it's not that he's over the hill for the job. He was a very young man when he took it in two thousand and three. So, I think I think it, it ended up being the right the right choice. I had I had certain doubts, Martin, that two six five Jake, um, because you know there were hideous stains on the CV when he took over, particularly when when it got too heady for him when the cocktail of um, fame and, and success and power got too heady for him and he made some seriously bad choices mostly about how he acted and what his persona became rather than choices on behalf of the club and he lost a lot of allies and, and the refrain that I kept using thinking about too as this election campaign ran I'm glad Pete mentioned Victor Font because I thought all his um, ideas were good, but not necessarily in the right order because you saw Jordy Cruyff being on his team and then off his team. You saw Chavi being associated with him powerfully and speaking to that and then kind of not speaking out in the campaign. And you could go on and on about the way in which Victor Font got outdone politically. You know, there was a lot of um, uh, knuckle duster stuff went on and Victor Font lost every round which might mark him down as somebody who shouldn't be president. But when Laporta came to power the first time, he was surrounded by such talent. If, if you think that his guru was still alive there, um, the day before recording this was the fifth anniversary of Johann Cruyff dying. And Cruyff was by Laporta's side in every thought, every decision, and that governed the idea that Bukharestein was associated with the project right from day one, who helped choose Hiddink and Kuman originally, neither of whom they could afford to, to buy the buyout clauses for, otherwise Kuman would have been manager way back in 2003. Then they went on Riker, which is Bukharestein's choice. But around in two, if you think about it, as much as I think of him as a, a reptile now, Sandra Rosé was a you know, a mover and a shaker and a fixer. And he fixed Ronaldinho. It wasn't Juan Laporta. And Ferran Soriano utterly, utterly changed the financial profile of, of the club, completely changed um, its systems, how they made money, where they didn't spend money. But also it was Ferran Soriano who's behind the much-lauded UNICEF decision to pay a million euros to have UNICEF on the shirt, which added to the rolling ball of affection from around the world didn't win them points or matches but if you look at the total snowball effect of that first time every other <clears throat> piece of snow had, had gone and, and Laporta was rolling down the hill on his own what's remarkable I think is that he looks as if he's able to do the same thing twice and not just win the election but to regenerate energy and attention and conviction in people around him, in people in the media, in enemies across La Liga, and amongst the, the squad. So there's a threat that the good times for him and for Barcelona are back. I think Jake asked, is Koeman on a, on a, is his jacket on a shaky nail? Koeman has done exactly what Pete described, which is an extraordinary job and, and, and should undoubtedly be rewarded with the second season. And the challenge then lies 
I think it's twofold. Ronald Koeman, I think, has rarely in his career, perhaps with the exception of the first season at Benfica, the time when he had a really young, talented Ajax side, um, he has rarely been so attentive to detail, attentive to how he handles people on a daily basis. He, during Rijkaard's reign, when Rijkaard was struggling, Koeman was desperate to take over back then. And I found it a little bit unseemly the way in which he, he had splash interviews in Mundo Deportivo back in the, the mid-season of 2003, 2004. He wanted to take over then. He wanted, not, once his claws had run down at Ajax where he was coaching and he became affordable and Barcelona's finances were better, he was ready to jump into those shoes. And it felt a little bit, um, did feel unseemly back then. But when you talk about a dream job, Koeman has lusted after this job for what's now nearly 20 years. And he was becoming anachronistic, I think, in, in if you look at some of his previous jobs. And he has rejuvenated himself. He's paid attention. He's pared everything down. It's been not only, by Pete's description, an extraordinary job of work, given what you could judge on the football pitch and on the training pitch. It's been extraordinary the way that he's changed himself and focused. And has he got that same focus in year two is a question and will he be given better eramientos? Will he be given better um, equipment with which to challenge properly? Because there are there are three or four big upgrades needed in the team in order to to capitalise on what we saw in, in Paris, where they went toe-to-toe with a, a pretty good side, one which had devastated them three weeks before, and, and they should have won by two or three clear goals. There are things still to add. So... To, to Jake, I think, Jake, no question, he starts the second season. And I don't think that Laporta is one of those who, who's like, well, mentally, I'm giving this guy tolerance, but at the first sign of trouble, he's out. I don't think that's the case at all. I also don't think that if Xavi's the replacement for Koeman, wherever that, that time comes, Xavi's a, a, a guy who wants to take over mid-season. So unless something absolutely extraordinary happens, I think Koeman is in charge until... Summer 2022. After that, it's a long way away. Let's judge then. And, you know, Bet365 asked about Messi. And, and I've got no doubt, again, now, the same sort of terms apply. Unless something extraordinary happens, which would mean them screwing up the financial offer to Messi, my view is that it's some time now that Leo Messi has decided that the risk and the challenges of mm. moving to Paris Saint-Germain or Manchester City are risks and challenges that he no longer needs to confront. I, I'm not saying it's set in stone that he's staying, but I think that the pendulum has swung dramatically from hard to see him staying to now quite hard to see him leaving. Yeah, it's interesting going back to the the start of his his last reign, Laporta. The the major, I guess, PR coup, but also obviously footballing coup was was Ronaldinho's arrival, and it seems like the single biggest thing. That would uh, that would match that this time is the the retention of Messi and it's really interesting you know Pete you were saying about Messi turning up for the inaugura- inauguration or whatever it was um, I guess it comes back to this thing if you if the Messi part of the jigsaw works then FC Barcelona work uh, is is that overstating it do you think or is that no I don't think it is um, and I think I mean what has he got now 23 goals this season top scorer in the league again um, and I also think we're entering a 
we're entering a period of fo- in football where we're going to see more and more players in their mid to even late 30s still playing at an extremely high level. I think this is the, the consequences of, of, of obviously sports science having changed and players being being able to look after themselves so much better than they have been in the past. And, you know, Modric was a sensational couple of weeks back, or was it last week, in the Champions League, and he's 35 now. So the fact that Messi's 33, you know, uh, if, if the team around him is right um, and, he, and, and he's got the right players playing around him, um, then there's no reason why Messi can't play for two or three more years if he wants to. Um, so I absolutely think that um, they're right to make that the, the, the priority. That and, and, and if Messi, I mean, that's why Barca now, are they favourites to win the league? Well, they've got Messi, so maybe they are, despite Atleti's four-point advantage. OK, thanks for that, guys. It's time for a break. We'll be back in a moment with a few more questions to complete part one of this month's Q&A. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, and we're back with a question from Socio Richard Cosmala, who says, in your opinion... What has been the reason for the dramatic change in form at Betis? He says, I've got to be honest, I thought Pellegrini was in borrowed time there and maybe with fans in, he would have been disposed of. Uh, so just to add to that, Betis have won five out of the last six games and are sixth in La Liga at the moment. Um, Pete, maybe you can take this on for us. How do you account for the renaissance of Betis? I think that's absolutely right, by the way. With fans in the stadium, he probably still wouldn't be there, Manuel Pellegrini. Um, but he's done. He's done an excellent job. Um, he didn't get what he wanted at the start of the season. He wanted central defensive reinforcements um, and beyond. Victory, who I think came on a free, that didn't happen. They got a new goalkeeper, but Claudio Bravo has not been able to play too many games. Um, but he's managed to cobble together a, a decent partnership between Victor Reese and Mandy. I think that's the foundation for for the for the run that they've been on. 
Uh, Guido gives them solidity in midfield. He's got the best out of, of Sergio Canales, who has returned to the team has totally coincided with this tr- tremendous run that they've been on. And he kept faith in Fekir. I mean, Fekir is so talented, but... Um, you know, you can you could count the the goals and assists. You know, in the in the first part of the season on the fingers of one foot. I mean, he just wasn't he wasn't p- p- providing end product. But Pellegrini stuck with him, and um, it, it, I'm sure that lots of people listening to this will have seen the goal that Fekir scored at the weekend, and it, you know, it's possibly possibly goal of the season. And the panda, the panda as well. Borja Iglesias up top. So the spine of the team now with uh, with Borja um, and Fekir behind him and. Guido and Canales behind him and, and the two centre-backs, as I say, Mandy and, and Victor Reith. And we shouldn't forget the full-backs. Miranda's come in. Apparently, he was exceptional last night for Spain's under-21s. He's been, he's been a, a good signing. And Emerson um, Royale with G's uh, has been superb as well. So they may lose him to, to, to Barcelona at the end of the season. It's a strange sort of setup that they seem to half-own him, but Barcelona have the, kind of the final word on what happens to him next. But he's been sensational as well. Um, They've now got a great chance of, of finishing a European place. When I think in the first half of the season, Pellegrini was resigned to it being a being a relegation battle. Super cause knows because, um, as Pete said, you know Richard was pointing out the fact that Pellegrini wouldn't have been given time and patience. And what I'd like to add to to what Pete says is that you know Pellegrini's had a little bit of fortune, and it's, it's these are harsh words, and I suppose they're, they're typical of me because I do tend to be you know, studs up to food, but Bartra can't defend. And Bartra's kind of in love with the playing style, which he's never been good enough for, um, which is racing forward with the ball at his feet from the back, not playing out from the back, but he loves to go for a saunter forward. Um, he, he came through uh, Barca with Gerard Piquet, and Piquet really, to be quite honest with you, um, treated him like a juvenile apprentice and never really had much time for him as a footballer and Bartra I think looked up to that brand of football wanted to emulate PK and, and hasn't got it and as he's got more as he's got older and, and a little bit more mud complacent his actual ability to defend has become pretty Frank Spencer pretty haphazard and I'm really sorry for him that he's missed so many months with injury, but it's been an absolute godsend for the Chilean coach, um, not having to worry about, because the, the wage scheme at Betis is unbelievable. The, the, the amount of money that players who at any other club would be earning 50% of what they're earning, the, the, the wage structure, the way that deals were negotiated at Betis is is it's horrendous. It's a millstone around the neck. And therefore, at that club, if, if Bartra's fit and not playing and being paid what he's paid, and he's only one of about five fit players who are on outrageous, outrageous money that is crippling the club, there comes a lot of pressure on you to play him. We've got this guy, he's a sort of face of the club since we bought him. He's on X much a week and he's on the bench. So the way in which the defence has changed is... Um, absolutely essential. And I'll say something similar, but nonetheless a little bit more tolerant about Moreno because the, the current fad for converting wingers to wing-backs or defenders can yield extraordinary results. Um, but Moreno is still somebody who is always the guy on the scene when there's been a goal conceded. 
you look at Moreno either having lost the ball high or having been badly positioned or being the guy who plays the striker on by half a metre. And he's a very talented footballer and he's extremely good high up the pitch. There's no question about his pace or his quite tricksy with the ball and his use of the ball is not bad at all when he's high at the pitch and he just isn't it just should not be considered a wing back or a full back and therefore the bravery of, of adjusting that and more and more playing Miranda has been um, been useful for um, Betis's coach and and Pellegrini is, is, a, is a guy who, who constructs a playing system in people's minds on the training pitch, pitch. he's been shown over and over again that whatever you whatever you don't find inspiring about him when he speaks in public, that's generally not what players think about him when he's teaching them day in, day out. So Supercos made the point that, and I think it was a cultural point, and Pete and I both sort of laughed a little bit, Pete echoed the point that with the ultra-demanding crowd and media down there, the board might not have given him time. So we're all smiling that, you know, the, the pandemic and the lack of, crowd has stopped him from being sacked but what it's allowed him to do is teach he is one of those coaches not one of the ones who are demagogues and you say like this way or the highway and I'm the boss and Sergeant Major he's one who, who's definitely got firmness but he's a, he's a persuader and he's an educator and he's somebody who shows people why they're not doing what he wants them to do and what the benefits of doing it his way will be so whether he's super elite or not Across his career, you can see teams that, that that get constructed, not simply by signing better players. He genuinely is one of those coaches who's an educator and a teacher. He's had time to do that at Betis, and, and we're seeing the benefits. And Pete named a, a section of players, and I think it's true almost across the team. Most of the team are now playing at seven and a half or eight out of ten of their of their very best. One or two of them are playing at nine out of ten of their very best. And that comes partly from personal engagement and uh, I want to do X with my life. But the other part is what you feel like when you're being shown how to play in my system day in, day out at training. And, and that's the absolute central key fact, I think. Uh, and Richard talking about would he have survived with fans in the stadium. Uh, at the time when they weren't doing well, Eduardo, um, the Celta coach, um, Coudet, had just come in and he was doing, he was doing well at Celta, fantastically well. Uh, and Betis supporters were, you know, that was that was the reaction. Why can't we find one of these up and coming coaches who, who's cutting his teeth in South America and doing brilliantly? Why are we paying? Because Pellegrini's been very well paid. Why why are we going back to, to to someone who you know was great at Malaga and Villarreal? But that was a long time ago. So I absolutely agree that um, you know the pressure would have been on and they probably would have caved in. Okay, let's finish part one of this month's Q and A with a question from Social Will McLeod. Will says. I haven't given up hope yet, but it looks like my favourite Spanish team's time in the top flight might be coming to an end for now. Why are Ibar having a more difficult season, and can they beat the drop? I think um, I think Mendelibar's worried. In fact, I know Mendelibar's worried. Um, how do you get out of trouble down at the bottom? You, you, you've got players who who will create and score goals for you, and um, that is is Ibar's big problem. Um, They've got two players who can do it. They've got Brian Hill, who's obviously been called up to the Spain squad. <clears throat> um, and they've got Kika Garcia, um, who, who helped save them last season, was tremendous in the last 10 games last season. But there's not a lot beyond that. 
Um, Charles left, I think it was in the summer, uh, might have been before then, so they don't have a, a kind of second striker who sort of weighs in with 12 goals. They have real problems scoring goals. Um, they've suffered because of, because of no fans, because Iparul was such a difficult place for teams to go. Um, so it's going to be difficult. Can they save themselves? Well, if there are three worst teams, and obviously they stay up, and at the moment Alaves look absolutely shocking. Uh, it's been a disaster, Abelardo's return. He's fallen out with the one guy who could probably got got them out of trouble, Lucas Perez, um, which is not necessarily his fault, by the way. I don't know what's happened there, but Lucas Perez is not in the team. Uh, so I think Alaves are probably going to go. Uh, and then there are three more candidates. The the, the, the um, Wesker, uh, who are still bottom and probably playing better than four or five teams above them, but they are bottom. He's got a tough job on his hand to turn that around, Pacheta. Um, Elche are down there as well and I still think Cadiz might drop into into it so um, other teams may end up being worse but it's a really tough season for, for Mendeleeva he works a miracle every year but if he does it this year then you know it will be something special because the, the, every year the fewer resources to work with and uh, I, I, I'm on the same page there in terms of hoping that they do it because um, I like them as a club and I, and I like him as a manager I think by definition <clears throat> you, you, all the things that we've admired about the, the literal miracle that Ibar have produced, because I, I guess most people that are involved in this show know already, but a lot of people around Europe don't understand exactly how tiny a community Ibar is. It's, it's a little bit isolated. Um, their resources should not, however clever the people are, around the club. The resources shouldn't permit them to have attained top division status and then maintained it. it it's genuinely extraordinary that they've been able to do it time and again and um, tip over. What was the... For one of the apogee moments was um, when they absolutely pumped uh, Real Madrid, I think 3-0, when um, poor old Audrey Zola was at full back and they had Kukurea terrorising him, something that he will probably lose sleep over all his life. And from that day to this, the way in which Abar have been able to do little deals and get loan players has diminished to the, to the point whereby Brian Hill is not only an absolute standout, he's a little beacon of light showing where the rest of the team has been. What we have seen at Abar, whereby... Part of the miracle is that everything always functioned. The Mendelibar is is utterly committed, completely committed, and brilliantly articulate about. I have always played this way, and I will play high up the pitch. I'll press. There'll be a big gap between um, the goalkeeper and the back line because that's the way I want to understand my life. My football will reflect me. It will be front foot. It will be aggressive. We'll try and press and win the ball. We'll try and harass players up. And frankly, um, they made this decision some years ago, but it wasn't true of them when they came up. They've, they've now got a beautiful pitch. Previously, it was like playing on the Somme and, and big clubs in the sort of three, four months in the middle of the season didn't like going up there. The stadium was never, you know, cavernous and, and threatening in that way, but it was tight and small. When it was full, as Pete say, every single, every single game, was like one of those January FA Cup matches where a big dog has gone away or a little 
you know, a rooster biter and we're going to make your afternoon hell. It's not like that anymore. They haven't had the best year in terms of squad building compared to other years. It's been known for a little while that they're they're extraordinary keeper. Without him this season, they'd already be relegated. Is is leaving on going to Sevilla, and but overall, what I would say is that at, at, at the moment they don't look like they've got the goal resources to stay up. But overall, what's happened is that not quite a perfect storm. That would be too dramatic. To, but several things have gone wrong at the same time that a, um, a bigger club might be able to cope with, but Abar have found very difficult to cope with. And at the end of last season, when they were also in relegation trouble and fought their way out of it in that 11-game sprint towards the end of the season after the lockdown in Spain, there, there were four or five players out of contract. And the big question was, given that Abar were in relegation difficult and given that each of them were going to be leaving would they kind of go half-heartedly at it because they didn't want to get injured and screw themselves for a summer move and they didn't. They all they stood back-to-back and absolutely fought like dogs to stay up. And Mendelebar was at contract and and stayed on. And there was a discussion in the summer about have we reached an actual break point? Should we stay on? Should, should Does this project go on with the club like it is with Mendelebar like it is? And they said yes. And the same discussion was happening between Angel Torres and Bordelas at Hitafe. And they went, yeah, no, no, we'll just continue. We'll, we'll go on. But in each case, between the president, the board and the coach, there wasn't disharmony, but there was a, have we reached the end of what's a, a good run? Have we come to the point where it's actually going to be healthy for everybody to have a change? And in both clubs, they said no. And in both clubs, it looks as if they've just gone a little bit past their freshest in terms of, decision-making ideas in terms of the players going, ah, this guy again, this this struggle again. And it, I don't think it's a coincidence that after the, the pandemic, the lockdown, the short pre-season, both Hitafi and Abar, both of them like to play aggressive, high-energy, press, aggress, that they found their motors a little bit short. And, and, I, and, I, and obviously that is something that most clubs are in Europe about to deal with bigger academies, bigger youth systems, bigger budgeted clubs with, with the winter transfer market. I've been able to box a little bit more cleverly. There are a lot of things wrong with that, but I think the both of them are linked both in terms of where they are on the table right now. They're, they're iconic, um, demanding managers and the style of play. And I think if you agglomerate both of those, I think the mad situation that we're all in, plus that, Jeez, when is the end of our relationship? When is it not? Those things come together and it's been a little bit about the sad state that Abar are in right now. Okay, that's it for the first part of this month's Q&A. We'll be back tomorrow with more from Pete and Graham. Thanks to the socios who sent questions in and thank you to you for listening. Bye for now. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 